Hello, friend and colleague. It's Nikki from Full Voice Music on our show this week, episode 186. We're coming off of our summer break with a season seven recap show. Some incredible teacher takeaways right here on the Full Voice Podcast. Hello, welcome, thank you, thank you for pressing play, my friend and colleague, it's Nikki from Full Voice Music, and I am so thankful that you are here. If you are new to the Full Voice Podcast, I want to say first, hello, and secondly, let you know that if you are a professional voice teacher running a business in voice instruction, you are in the right place. <laughs> For almost eight years, we have been sharing uh, resources, interviews with our industry's top amazing humans. So many wonderful guests we've had over the years. And this is our first recap show. And I wanted to just set that up for you. So uh, first and foremost, uh, season seven was an incredible season. So many amazing conversations, wonderful topics, topics that are exactly what professional teachers need to hear right now. And I, we always go back. The team, Full Voice team goes back. We listen through episodes. We get lots of feedback. Thank you for that feedback. And there was just so many incredible conversations that I thought it might be helpful to just put together some of the most impactful teacher takeaways. And in doing that... Uh, if you missed an episode or if you are new to the podcast, if there's something that piques your interest, you can go back and check out that that episode. It's sometimes difficult. And this, this I just want to, full disclosure, this is a pet peeve of mine. When I discover a new podcast and there's like a million episodes and I don't necessarily want to go through one by one, uh, I, I would love a recap show. I would love a recap show to give me kind of the gist of what the podcast is about. And then I can decide if there's episodes that I'm really interested in. So this is something that I've wanted to do for a while. Now, for those of you waiting for C Season eight, don't worry, it's on the way. We're going to start season eight, uh, September 1st, 2023, if you're listening to this podcast at time of release. So we have an incredible season coming up and I am so excited. New guests and some of our, uh, our, our just longtime guests who have been serving uh, my listeners and sharing amazing information. They will be returning to season eight as well. Now, I wanted to just do a little bit of uh, a little bit of announcements first. So, um, before we dive into our our recap, um, so first and foremost, if you are listening to this podcast at time of per, I was going to say of time of purchase of time of release, uh, it is mid August. 
2023. And Full Voice Music has a back-to-school sale. I am so excited. So I know that busy student, uh, busy teachers like you, like me, are starting to gear up for a new season. Now, I also know that some of you have already started. So uh, that that makes me sad. I, I wish you had more summer to enjoy. But if you are just kind of winding into a new season, all of our digital products, song downloads and our digital resources and our digital songbooks are now on sale for 20% off. So if you are investing in new resources for your teaching studio, Digital resources are fabulous investments for your teaching studio. You can use them. Uh, they come with licenses to make copies, and they are amazing for online screen sharing. So please visit our website, fullvoicemusic.com. The sale ends September 8th, so be sure to visit our, our site soon and take advantage of some wonderful new resources for your students. And I'm so excited. We have new song releases. We have our new songs and studies for kids books that are available digitally. And maybe you're looking for music uh, for Halloween or Christmas. We've got that too. So please check that out. Now, without further ado, here's our season seven recap show. If you are a longtime listener to our podcast, you will probably remember our good friend and colleague, Sarah Campbell. Now, you can find Sarah at SavvyMusicStudio.com. Sarah has been serving music teachers, not just voice teachers, but music teachers for a long time in helping them navigate business and all things of running a studio. She is funny. She is smart. She is so kind. And she's been a guest on our podcast several times. Last year, I asked Sarah to talk about an important business topic, which is onboarding new students or enrolling new students. Now, this is something that we all have to deal with, welcoming new students in. And Sarah has some helpful tips about setting up the systems so that you can run your business efficiently. And here is a clip from Season 7, Episode 166 with Sarah Campbell. What would you... What would be some of your first steps for somebody who is needing to streamline or to be more concise with their onboarding process? What would be some of your first steps? Okay. So I'm going to give you like a, a short checklist. Um, the first thing is, is just like, hey, let's check and make sure that stuff's not broken. Oh, oh, so <laughs> um, good. Yeah, because we, we don't, we don't look at our stuff. Like we get into like set it and forget it mode. Mm -hmm. And what happens with set it and forget it is that a link is going to be broken somewhere. So I want you to go through, um, all of your socials and make sure that all the links that you have listed on there are correct mm -hmm. and that they're actually still active. I want you to do the same thing on your website. Nice. So that's a quick link audit, you know, just make sure that links are working. Um, and then I think the second step in setting up 
a, a good system is to ask yourself the question, where do I want to have conversations with people? Mm. So that if you need to streamline your, your uh, process and, and you're tired of having extensive conversations in Facebook um, Messenger, in Instagram, in email, via text, um, ask yourself, where do I want to filter everyone to? Mm. I typically filter everybody to my email. Okay. And I ask them, I say, hey, I, I would love to have this conversation with you. Um, what would be the best email for us to continue this? Oh, well-worded. Nice. You know, so so ask yourself, where do you want to, you know, where do you want to streamline? Um, and I, I think if you do those two steps, you're going to start, um, you're going to start making the process easier for you. The third step would be to ask yourself, where do you want all this information to live? Oh, <laughs> you mean not writing it on a bunch of piece of papers or post-it notes and putting them on? These... <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So my listeners can't see, but Sarah just reached over onto her desk and pulled up like three different colors of post-it notes and full disclosure, I'm in my husband's office and there's... There are post-it notes on every screen and there's like a whole bunch of screens in here. So you're not alone. And, uh... <laughs> and you know, post-it notes may be a fine place for information to live for like a day or two. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you do want to have a system that helps you stay organized so that you can say, okay, you know, put everybody on uh, on a list and and have little places where you can say, okay, this person I have emailed them back. I've called this person. Um, you know, this person has scheduled their first lesson. Um, it, it's you know what we would call CRM, mm -hmm. um, customer relations management. Yep. Yep. And um, you know that's a real fancy term, but basically it's like just track where people are in the process, sure. and and it's more for. It's more for your peace of mind. Mm -hmm. It's so that you don't have to think hard. Yeah. And that you can just, you can pick up where you left off. In Chicago at the Nats convention, I had the wonderful opportunity to speak to many of my colleagues in person. Such a joy. One of those incredible, inspiring people was Eden Castile. Now, Eden wears so many hats. She is a singer, a piano player. She's a writer, a cabaret coach. She does musical production, voice coaching. She does it all. We had a beautiful conversation about recital alternatives. This was episode 168. This was a heartfelt conversation about truly serving your students, the people that are working with you. And she had some really interesting and helpful information about gathering feedback so you actually know whether or not your efforts are going to good use. Here's a clip from episode 168 with Eden Castile. Getting feedback from your students and why it was important and how you did it. And I thought that was a really helpful uh, strategy and something that probably teachers might be reluctant to do. But can you just give everybody a little... I was too. Actually, at one point I considered becoming a, a group a piano teacher. Oh. 
and uh, as a, on my journey through whatever I'm doing. And that person was Daniel Patterson, who has a thing called Grow Your Music Studio. I think he's based in Indianapolis. And I took his class. It was on my way to finding Michelle Markboard DeVoe ah. and Speakeasy Cooperative, where I was looking for more music business training. Mm-hmm. And he's great. He's a great guy. Uh, and he was the one who recommended it. So credit where credit is due. Uh, he said, you really need to know what your students are thinking, and you can't really know just by asking them to their face. Nah. You can't just say how we're doing, right? And the recitals are actually just one part of the answer of how we're doing, mm. right? So that's how the students are doing, but that's not how you're doing. Mm. So his recommendation was uh, get on SurveyMonkey or some other survey thing and then ask questions. And ask really the painful questions. Invite criticism. Oh, that's hard. It's really hard. So for you can do that by just saying, what do you not like? You know, what do you like about our recital offerings? Or what do you like about how the studio is, you know, the location? What do you like about my how I charge tuition or how I collect tuition? What don't you like? Mm. That's different than saying, what would you change? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes they'll say, oh, I wouldn't change anything. And that's a right. cop-out answer. By the way, students always lie. Um, they don't mean to, but that's like Dr. House, right? He said every patient lies because they don't really want to tell you because they're afraid they're going to hurt your feelings right? or that they're going to say something that makes them not like you. So they really want you to be to like you. They want you to like them. So they'll lie right. and they won't really tell you. So make it anonymous. So say, what don't you like and what would you do about it? Mm. Right? The thing you hate the most. You can use the word hate. Wow. Invite criticism. And they may or may not take you up on it, but you'd be surprised who does. So I asked those questions, and I sent it out, and I got back really interesting stuff. What I really heard was how terrified everybody was of live performing. Oh, right. Terrified. But at the same time, they really wanted to do it. And I asked them, what is the thing that has disappointed you the most about your own music career? Oh, that's a heavy question. Yeah. What um, what do you really want to do? You know, what's your bucket list goal, and what's going to keep you from doing it? What do you think is going to keep you from doing it? And they all said time, time and money. Okay. I gave them a few options too. You can do it as a drop down. So mm. I figured they would say, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I don't think I'm good enough. Oh. I included that as an option, right? Mm-hmm. You can go ahead and feed them the answers because you're inviting them to be very critical, but that's how you know what's wow. going on. Then when you get that information, you will have to sit with it for a little bit. And it's, it hurts yeah. a little bit because you realize that you've been working so hard to do everything you can for them, and it's still not, you know, it's missing the mark a little bit. Yeah. And you are doing the right thing, and I know that you have your students' interests at heart, and you want to do good stuff, but listen to what they say. What was the most surprising, or some of the most surprising comments that you got that you just was like, like, it smack in the face? Um, I don't like the way that you handle scheduling. That hurt. Oh. And I thought I was doing it great. Um, okay. Okay. And a couple of people said, you're, you're, you're moving in a direction I don't want to be in. Wow. I, I, I just want my student to do this recital and be done. And I was challenging. I kind of knew who it was, but I'm challenging this family to have their student do more. And I could tell, oh, you're probably on the way out. Yeah. And I wouldn't have known it until they had stopped paying tuition. Right. Right. But at least I got some warning a little but beforehand. And I tried, you know, after that, as I kind of realized who it was, to make a little more of an effort with that student. Ultimately, they left, but at least I wasn't blindsided by it. Dr. Geneva Williams is a passionate pedagogue and one of the leading experts in the field of vocal health and teaching singing. And fun fact, on August 29th, Ginevra will be doing a presentation in my Zoom room all about vocal health. 
for children. And if you would like to check that out, we're going to put links in the show notes. I am so excited. But in our podcast, episode 169, Ginevra talks about happy hormones and how to stay positive and why we need to stay positive with our students when they're learning to sing. Here's a clip from episode 169. How can we do that? How, how, how would you recommend we approach this if we're trying to make it more fun? What are some of your strategies? The words that we use mm. are really, really crucial. Mm. And we know on, the, on one extreme that if a child is really frightened or really anxious, they're not going to learn very well. Mm. If there's cortisol washing around the body, mm adrenaline washing around that the brain has become hijacked by that it mm. won't you can't learn constructively mm. all mm. you can do is get away from what's frightening you right so if you're being threatened you know the old-fashioned you know big stick learning right. if you don't get this right I'm gonna I had a piano teacher who used to hit my knuckles <gasps> no yeah she used to hit me over the knuckles when I oh. played things wrong oh my goodness yeah are, are they still alive? Could you show her this research? <laughs> <laughs> she died a long, long time ago. She was very old school. Um, but that doesn't really teach you how to play the piano better or how to sing better. It just teaches you to avoid what you're frightened of. Right. So that's that's one extreme. And I think we... I would hope that all teachers know that that you don't scare your children. Mm. You don't scare your students. But we might give them a message that says, if you don't do well in your exams, you won't succeed. If you don't mm -hmm. get these grades, you won't get into a good university. Mm. And that's, that's a threat. You're, yes, you're right. That's a threat, and that's scary. Mm -hmm. Rather than saying, let's see, let's have fun. Mm -hmm learning this stuff let's see what grades you get whatever you get it's where you are at the moment and we'll be really happy with that and if you've worked hard we'll be really proud of you and then let's see what the next step is what would you recommend for maybe the little ones that are always in the fight or flight like because you see that they i i've i know that children that have anxiety that switch is very sensitive. It doesn't take much for that switch to go off. The room could be too bright. It could be too loud. How can we best give, like, create a safer space for them? Know them. Mm. Ask them mm. what they want. Yeah. Ask them what makes them feel comfortable. Mm. Ask them what makes them anxious. Ask them parents. Mm. Everybody's a bit different. It's true. And this is... This is where inclusivity is really getting getting a bit of traction now. It's just recognising the fact that you've got to address each individual person who comes into your room mm -hmm. on their terms mm -hmm. and communicate with them as an individual in the way that suits them best. Donna Rodenizer is known around the world for her incredible songs for children. Donna also spent over 
30 years as a music education specialist in the classroom here in Nova Scotia. Now, Donna is a big part of the Full Voice team. We work closely with her to create our resources, and I always love having her on the show. She is just an absolute wealth of experience. And you just, there's just so many teacher takeaways. This podcast, episode 173, was all about canons and focusing on the short songs that we often don't think about when it comes to using them as teaching tools. So this is a little clip from Donna's show where she shares some fabulous teacher takeaways about helping students learn to sing in harmony. We're going to talk a lot about your your favorite list, but let's start with your top three favorite rounds that you would use with your your kiddos. Uh, Ghost of John. Oh, spooky! Yeah. Well, it, not only not only because of that. Well, it's in a minor key, which is we don't have many rounds in it, but it's just such a fantastic mm-hmm. tonality when you when you've got that stuff piled up. But it's it's got. Uh, because of that ghost of John, ghost of John, for me as a as a classroom teaching tool to just use that as a melodic ostinato and get somebody to sing that. Here's a group of six or eight kids just singing that over and over and over. And the rest of the class sings the whole song. Mm. It You hear the harmonies of a round, but you're actually not singing it as a round. And it's, that's a really great stepping stone tool, even in a, in a vocal studio with one student, just say, okay, you sing the song once they know it, of course you sing the whole song and I'm just going to sing this other part the whole time you sing it. Oh, nice. And they start to hear those two harmonies against each other, but they're not responsible for anything more than, than just the ostinato. If they're singing that harmony part, or if they're the one singing the tune, they're just hearing that underneath. So, so that would be, that. and, and then there's, there's there's lots of other things that you can do with that like in the classroom i would add you know finger symbols on on the rests and oh, and kibasas and stuff like the chains and so you have melodic ostinati and and uh rhythm instruments and stuff so that's a that's a really wonderful one even your grade as old as grade six like your 11 and 12 year olds buy into that because it's just so lush and full and gorgeous mm. anyway that would be my top top one i think years before the pandemic Carly Walton moved her busy piano studio online, where she discovered the many opportunities available to an online teacher. Her company, Teach Music Online, has helped thousands of music teachers build successful and vibrant online teaching studios. In this episode, Carly is talking about the pricing pitfalls and how to avoid them. Here is a clip from episode 174 with Carly Walton. One of the things that really troubled me um, because I saw this in the forums and it, and it actually, it just made me sad, was people would charge less for their online offerings. Like it made my eye twitch, Carly. I was like, please don't do that. But so many teachers thought that it was a less than experience. How do you address that with your students? Oh gosh. It, it's so bad for the industry, first of all, which is why it's making your eye twitch. Like 
it's so bad for the industry. Um, but as a teacher, like devaluing your time and devaluing your worth is not ever something we should do. Um, and I think we all now know that online lessons are just as effective and sometimes even more effective if you have the right setup. Um, but I, I don't, I guess it doesn't surprise me teachers thought that, you know, this all goes back to the teacher who moves to a new area, looks around them, their neighborhood and says, well, she's charging $20 an hour and he's charging $30 an hour. I guess I have to lower my rates. Never. Like never, I, I can go back to when I moved from Boston where I got my degree at Berkeley, was so ready to open a studio and I was moving back to where my family lived in Arizona and I had sent out an email to my community, I'm gonna be teaching, let me know if you know any students. And a local voice teacher replied to me who I knew was a family friend and she just said, just so you know, you can never charge that rate in Mesa. <laughs> oh. And I just laughed, I just laughed and thought, oh, Thanks for letting me know, you know, doesn't matter to me. And I had a full studio within a month with my rate and which was more. And and she just was trying to tell me like that's I don't know if she was upset at me or it doesn't matter, but it like the what you charge has everything to do with experience and what you're providing. If you're providing a transformation to a student, period, you charge what you need to charge. And it doesn't matter if that's online or in person or if it's in Nova Scotia or if it's in Texas, like it doesn't matter. And I, I try to drill that into teachers. They have to get the nerve and they have to take, take a leap to raise their rates. And I just had someone post in our membership yesterday who said he just raised his rates. He was thrilled because everyone stayed except for one high maintenance student. <laughs> <laughs> and that's usually what happens when you right? raise your rates. You kind of lose those students that aren't as committed, which is maybe a good thing. Hey, friend and colleague, I wanted to take a second to tell you about the professional development opportunities on our website, fullvoicemusic.com. Teacher training and professional development are so important to keep you up to date and inspired. And we make it easy with our new online course and our live Zoom presentations. Now, the Happy Singing Teacher Training course is now available. That is all about working with young singers ages 6 to 10 in private lessons. And I am absolutely thrilled to present Dr. Ginevra Williams in a live Zoom presentation all about vocal health for children. Please do not miss these opportunities. Ginevra's presentation is on Tuesday, August the 29th, and all of the details are on our website at fullvoicemusic.com and just look for the teacher training tab. I hope to see you soon at one of our workshops. In episode 176, I get to talk to my wonderful friend, colleague, composer, and professional accompanist, Linda Fletcher. She is sharing tips about accompanying and working with young beginner students. Here is a clip from 176. There's like an overlap of, of services here. So I'm... so. 
do you get the student that comes to you? I would imagine this happens. And maybe they've worked with a teacher who does not play or does not play well. And they've never heard the piano part. And now all of a sudden they're lost. Like, I know that that happens. What, what do you do with that student? It did. It happened to actually happened two weeks ago when I had a company in an RCM exam. Oh gosh. They had never heard the accompaniment. Oh, it was just grade three, but uh, level still. three. But, uh, but still, they hadn't heard it. And the recordings are the recordings are there. Yeah. To listen to the backing tracks. So they yeah. could they could listen to those. Um, but it's um yeah, it, it's just um you have to maybe go through it again. Do do some of the basic steps you would do with your own students. Right. And and play and keep a really strong beat. Mm. really accent the first beat and again you have to really so it's really like active listening on the part of the accompanist because you have to really listen to where they're moving and if you can see their strain you've got to try and mm. sort of guide them back on track right. right right uh does that make sense no it totally makes sense and yeah. how stressful how how stressful for you knowing that this little person or older person maybe has now they just haven't, they're not comfortable, right? They're not going to be performing right. the best. And now you've got a nervous person and you're trying to help them as much as you can. That's, that's a stressful situation to be in. It, it, it is stressful. It is much easier when it's your own because you know where, where they might falter and you mark it up. But I do, when they do come to rehearse is I, I mark up the, the score and I mark up where the the, the key changes there ahead of time if I can. I do all mm -hmm. that, but but I go with them. And I say, okay, now I want I want you to tell me where you breathe in these phrases, and I just tick where they breathe, so at least I know that much. And right. and go over go over tempo and and um, things like that, and just try and be as supportive as possible. Michelle Marquardt Devoe has been a regular guest on the podcast and she will continue to be a regular guest on the podcast because she shares such incredible information about business and in season seven I asked Michelle if she could talk about pricing so in episode 177 it's called making peace with pricing Michelle lays down some hard truths but important information for teachers to understand when they are setting prices for their business. This is a clip from episode 177. There was a term that, uh, there was a phrase that you used uh, in the meeting today, which was uh, people before profit, but profit is necessary. Mm -hmm. I would really like for you to explain that yes. and, and break that open. For sure. So in a business, like just to define the terms, right? People, sure. humans, um, all humans that we want to act justly towards and uh, be impactful and create and collaborate with. So that's people. Uh, profit is the not just your revenue that you bring in for your business, but it's after all the expenses are paid, including your salary, whether you are an employee of your own business or you like you're incorporated and you become an official employee that pays taxes for yourself or you're a sole proprietorship, you know, after all of that, 
there we hopefully there will be more money left over and that is your profit. Mm-hmm. So we're always looking for more money than we're spending mm-hmm. out so that we can create capital to grow the business, mm-hmm. right? However, that revenue that we're going and going and going for in my opinion can only be achieved if you remember that you're making that profit in a service-based business because of the people. You can't only chase the bottom line. What that means is in a profit and loss statement, everyone, if you know how to read a profit and loss statement, literally there's income and then expenses and there's all these line items on a piece of paper and then there's a big red line and then there's a number at the bottom that it's is either black or and it's red. black or red. <laughs> it either has a plus sign next to it or a minus sign next to it. My accountant sends me uh, kind of like a preliminary, you know, hey, I'm working on things, just wrapping things up. And then he always goes, everything's looking black. Yeah, right. Love it. It's like you know, and I appreciate that, but I, I I've never gotten the everything's you know we're getting into the red or getting anything. Into the red. <laughs> yeah. So that that idea of profit is when we're in the black, which means that you are making more money than you are using in your business, and um, the bottom line, that number at the very bottom after all the income and all the expenses have been taken away is your bottom line. So that's what that comes from. Um, it's this. It's this idea that you, the thing that will always be most important is your relationship with people. Mm. So that in any sales interaction, in any building of any offer, in any structuring of any business, in any business plan, in any sales and marketing strategy, at the end of the day, you have to remember that there is a human about to give to you a means of exchange for value money they are more important than the bottom line however you will not be able to bring the impact you so desperately want to bring Mm. you will not be able to pay yourself what you need to pay yourself you will not be able to grow your business you will not be able to give to important causes that you care about. You will not be able to pass it on to the next generation. You will not be able to build wealth unless you have profit. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely necessary to keep yourself going and what you say your goals are around helping the community, helping artists, helping people who need help. In episode 178, I had the pleasure of talking to Melissa T, who is running a successful online business. Melissa shares how she communicates with families to determine if their incredibly young student is ready for an online lesson. We were talking a little bit before uh, we started recording. Um, You will take younger students, but you have a prerequisite. You, you, you have a little convo. (laughs) Yes. And and I would like you to share this if you don't mind, because I think this is helpful for other teachers who, you know, might be wary of starting them too young. So how do you determine if they are 
ready. And this is, this goes for your piano lessons as well. You teach. What's mm-hmm. the youngest you teach for piano? Right now we do three. We do three. Wow. Okay. But they, again, so the word I used was they need to be a prodigious three, and you know that doesn't mean they it, it doesn't mean they already need to know how to play. But there's certain factors we're looking for. Can they sit still for more than five minutes, right? right. Because you don't want it to be behavior management for you know it's just taking the parents' mm-hmm. money at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, are they sh- showing an early sign and interest of the music? You know, they're picking out little melodies on the piano by themselves. Um, they're they're singing harmonies at an early age, you know, those types of things. So I said, well, send me a video. I want to see. Oh, wow. And I'm like, you know, so it's not like an audition. They don't know that I'm auditioning. I guess they know now I'm on here. But like, I just want to see. And, you know, parents are always excited to show what their children can do. Mm-hmm. I just did that the other day. I was like, look, look at my, look at my baby. So, you know, they <laughs> send the video and if it's, you know, like really impressive, you know, just above average, I'm like, wow, let's give it a try. And I always say, let's give it a month and see how it goes. And usually it continues. Sometimes we're like, let's come back in a year. Let's wait and see what five looks like. I started with one little girl. She was two on the piano. And um, it was a lot of um, getting up and down off the bench, of course, because mm. she's two. It was hard. I said, let's bring her back at four. She came back at four and blew everyone out the water. Sometimes wow. you just have to know what the time is. And explaining to the parents, like, look, we're not casting her away. It's just not time yet. Everything has a developmental milestone. And when you address that, students are ready to learn. I think of it the same as potty training. Some people are just not ready. Mm. And you're going to stress yourself out buying all these underwear and sheets when you need to just keep that diaper on for a little longer. Um, So we have a few really talented young students. I have one now. She's five. And she is reading, singing and playing, doing it all at the same time. Oh and again, gosh. I've never I've never met her except virtually. And what I've given her, I, I see that they're up for the challenge, stretch them just a little bit, and they just blow our minds. In episode 179, I had the pleasure of talking to full voice team member Mim Adams. Now, special shout out to my husband, Sean, that has to edit out all our laughter and giggling. But this episode is about audiation, helping your singers with ear training skills. And there's a lot of wonderful teacher takeaways. Here is a clip from our show. You were telling me about, you were working with your adult choir and um, mm-hmm. you had a, a, a singer ask, you know, I'm having a hard time hearing that pitch. And you said that you have kind of like three, three go-to strategies to yeah. help singers in choral. Because, I mean, you're doing pretty, pretty intense jazz harmonies. So they can be tricky. Correct. They can. So I'm going to sidebar and say in my own experience, here's here's one of the places where I've consciously had to do my own techniques many times. Mm-hmm. So I've I've sung with a big band quite a lot. And one of the common features in big band arrangements, this is like old timey big band jazz, is the band plays a chorus in one key. And there's a sudden key change when the vocalist oh, enters. Yes. And like sudden key change, not even four bars. Come on. So it's very common. And so that like this one, most of the time I would use technique number one, which is use the scale, which we've already talked about. And all of our simple games we've been discussing really have a lot to do with using the scale mm-hmm. for inner audition. So I, you know, I have the knowledge of my 
our charts to be like, okay, I know that this part is an E flat and then it changes to F. So I'm coming in on the third, the melody notes, the third. So I can, it's kind of neat. It's fun to flip around in my brain. I'll either be like, do, re, mi, and I'll be like holding on to my third as the one key is finishing. Mm -hmm. And then we switch keys and I go up a whole tone. And I'm like, now oh, I'm on my note. Or I can be sitting there going, I know it's the sharp 11 as I'm singing in this key. And I'll be like, do, 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 quietly to myself off mic, do, ba, do, ba, 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 do. And then I come in <laughs> on my note. Right? So like that's entirely using a scale situation. Um, so that's the first one I typically advise to my students. However, many students don't know their scales well enough to know precisely what's happening. Because I mean, if I'm going from one key to another, I might not be just going from the do to some, some note in the scale. I might actually be singing the law and then going to like a, I don't know, a flat three. And you're just right. like, oh, it's just, there's, <laughs> just requires a lot of knowledge right. about scales to really know what's happening. And at that right? point, when I have charts like that, I always look at who wrote the damn chart. And I'm like, who <laughs> wrote this? Like, Why? who was doing that? Did they hate singers? <laughs> Why would you do That's that? That's right. <laughs> ah, okay. So then that leads me to sort of technique number two. And like people know about, but do we actually use it? Teachers use it. Do our students and choristers use it is the next question. Uh, and that's actually using your interval songs. So, you know, perfect fourth, uh, pretty much almost all the time in, in my actual experience, if it's a perfect fourth, I'm using uh, Here Comes the Bride mid song. I'm like, do, 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 Here Comes the Bride. Like, that is, that's my in rotation for fourth. But if it's like a third, it's always a like a scale. Or, you know, six, six and fourths to me are like the, those ones get me. Those are the ones that I'm like, oh, I missed those. If I'm not in a scale mindset to start with. Now, this is just my brain. Remember, curse of knowledge, blah, blah, blah. That's that's where I am. So if I'm kind of losing my sense of like scale, then I, I quickly jump to those things. Oh, I guess I use twinkle, twinkle, little star. It hells a lot too. Twinkle, twinkle. I'm all into those three. Yeah. And like a seventh is easy because it's just under an octave. Right. So it's like it's seventh, I was about to say. In, in some of the harder arrangements I one of the strategies that I will do is I will look if there's accompaniment I will or I will look at the other parts and I will try to find when they play that or sing that and then I try to think of that note so I hear that note and then I try to like think about that note think about that note think about that note and and I tap my head and I'm like, there's the note. It's going to be like, it's going to be the best note. And I try, so I've done that where I've found it in the piano score and I've, I've tried to identify it. Now, this is another weird one for me. Oh, hold it. I just have to say, Nikki, that was in fact techni- technique number three on my list. Oh, was it? Oh, I'm yes, sorry. Yes, relate it to what? another note that was recently there. No, oh, it's okay. Okay, okay. We can, we can share We can share list. our techniques, yeah. <laughs> that Now... Here's another one. This is a little weird. So, and it's weird now because because my voice has changed quite a bit. But I would, if I knew that the note was like, I would relate the note to where it would be in my register and close or not close to my register break. Yeah, totally. So it's like 
because, you know, GA is like right where my break is. So if I'm desperate, it's like, I'm just going to sing that note that almost breaks. And then that's probably accurate. Oh, man, I love it. You know what? That's a great technique too. Like I 100% use that with my with my students, right? Especially like many of our very young students, uh, the high notes is a new concept for them, getting out of their speaking voice and getting into that higher voice. And my action for the high voice, the one I always use, is tapping the very tippity top of my head, basically where my like ponytail would be at the top of my head. I'm always tap, 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 tap to help. That's my little reminder cue for them. Um, the alternative being, who cares what actual scale degree it is? I make a nice high do symbol and I throw <laughs> my head up in the air and I'm like, high do. And they they think high dough, regardless of the key. I recognize there's a little discrepancy, but I'm like, ah, they don't know enough yet to know that it's not high dough and it's fine. In podcast 180, I had the pleasure of talking to Charlotte Martin. Charlotte not only is an incredible singer, teacher, but she is a performer and recording artist with decades of experience. Her studio is unique, and the way she works with students on songwriting and artistry is inspiring. Here is a clip from that show. I just, I love... I love the suggestion that you had there about just that free writing, getting it down, because I, I imagine there's just so many uh, young singers, songwriters that just aren't sure how to get started and teachers that don't know how to support them either. That, well, and honestly, I tell writers, young writers, what they're doing, even if they use nothing that they've written down. There's nothing there. They go back. What we'll do is we'll go back and see if there's anything there that was interesting because I want it to be fresh. That's what you're looking for. I mean, you could write, I've been writing about love for 20 years. I'm still writing about it in different ways and different kinds of love. But as a writer, you're always looking for those unique kinds of combinations. And what this does is enable them to come up with ideas faster on their own. So especially if it's an exercise with kids where we're going back and forth. And I literally will tell them, okay, the first thing I say, you um, write, we both write it down. The first thing I say to you, the, the idea that comes in your head, even if it's, I want chicken McNuggets, you write it down. <laughs> I write it down. Then the next thing that comes into my head, like I'm going to burn the mouse. Okay. Write that down. But what happens is we start to go fast and you kind of turn off your ego because it's about coming up with these interesting phrases and words. And then you'll go off into these rhyming tangents. You forget about the music. The music is something that's built in a different lesson now. Karen Michaels has been our social media expert for several years now. And friends, we would be lost without her. She keeps us up to date on all of the best practices for the social media channels. Now, of course, we're all diving into the land of AI, and Karen had some incredible tips and prompts specific to a voice teacher. Check out this clip from episode 184. One of the way, one of the prompts that you can use is to help you. I already told you one, which is creating your day, and you can literally copy paste your calendar in and say, "What is the best way for me to prep my day?" Now I do this the day before, so that I can then look and adjust. Right? That's so you want to ask it how to how to prepare your day. Um, 
the student tracking thing, I can't, I can't talk about that enough with everyone. Just, just even putting in their names, their emails, their phone numbers. And by the way, all of that is, is not, you can ask it, you can delete it and it does not keep it on its server. By the way, I think, I think the server hold is 24 hours Mm. after you delete. So Mm. it is safe. Um, I mean, as safe as these things are, right? But you can, you can ask it to create a table so that you have, you know, from age, you can ask it to sort by aging. You could ask it to sort by level. You mm. could ask it to sort by, you know, um, demographic, by area, all these different things. So that way you have a really, um, a really clear sense of your students and where they're at and what they're doing and how to best prepare for each lesson. Mm. Um, you could, could you, do something. Yes. Could you ask it to write a, a recital program? Yeah, absolutely. Oh. That, yes. Hundred percent. Wow. Of course, you you put input everybody's song mm-hmm. and their names and their song and the order. Mm-hmm. You could even ask it to spit out the best order based on song style. Oh my gosh! Whoa. I asked mine to yeah. I asked mine to write a set list for a gig that I was doing, and and I was like, okay, I I I just can't figure this out today. What's my problem? And I was like, oh, what if I asked Chat GPT? And it spit it out so perfectly. It was amazing. Literally amazing. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow. So that's fantastic, right? A, a recital, your program, your program for anything, your lesson plans. Policies. Policies and procedures, of course. And so like, that's where you want to, you know, that email, like where if somebody inquiries, mm. you have a set mm-hmm. inquiry, boom. Yeah. And by the way, you can actually... Ah, this gets complicated, but you can actually set it up to where if you input a very specific command, if you have a CRM that this is getting a little bit fancy, but if you have a CRM like active campaign or mm. constant contact MailChimp, MailChimp, I know a lot yeah. of you have that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have it trigger an email that says, welcome that says, here's my policies that says, thank you for your inquiry. So, and, and because, and the reason I know that is, and and again, that now we're sounding complicated, right? Except that MailChimp, ActiveCampaign, Consequence. They all have it. They they all have AI built in. My friend and colleague, I hope you found that helpful. So many great conversations, so many important topics. I bet there is an episode or two that you might want to go back and check out or check out for the first time. And please do enjoy. Now, my friends, friendly reminders. It is our back to school sale at Full Voice Music, fullvoicemusic.com. You can save 20% on all our digital resources, our song download packages and our digital songbooks, as well as our digital teacher resources. I also want to let you know that if you hurry, you can get 20% off the Happy Singing Teacher Training Online course. And my friends, the price is going up in September. This is your chance to get it for a song. I am so excited. We are going to have a great season eight. And to all my friends and colleagues that are listening, 
I am wishing you an incredible, inspiring, and successful new season of singing. I'm thrilled that you're making us a part of it. And I am giving you, sending you a hug from Hemford Forest, Nova Scotia. As always, inspired teaching and happy singing. Oh, 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 oh,